you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Around the NFL podcast. Can believe it's not butter. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Colleen Wolf. What's up, boys and girl? Hey, Dan. What's up? Colleen sitting in the Greg chair. This is way more comfortable over here. Yeah. I was saying before the show, like when Sheck was on um, a couple weeks ago, he was giving me some heat for saying, why do you always sit um, the fifth person when we have five in here right next to me to my left? I don't like that. I'm super uncomfortable having Colleen to my right with a proper amount of space, even a little barrier. It feels right. There's some elbow good. room. It's nice. I'm not looking over everybody's shoulders. It's mm-hmm. a little weird over there. Where is Greg, by the way? I, let me tell you something, and I don't think he's going to be listening, but he's not here today, Wednesday. Uh, he stayed back in San Francisco, okay? And I have a feeling that he might be coming into the office to do the Jeselnik podcast, but not ours. Really? No, he's no. making this. This is just something to try. No. I thought he was up in Napa Valley. I, I mean, don't don't say anything. Has he tweeted anything? And if this show goes live before he tapes, nobody tweet at him about this? But we're going to find out for sure which podcast he likes more today. No Twitter tattletales. You hear that? No Twitter snitches. Y'all got snitches. I don't want to believe that that's a reality from our supervisor that he would do that. We'll see. This is the Around the NFL podcast sponsored, of course, by Scott Trade. Mark, you got a portfolio? No. Would you like to know what a portfolio is? I would like to know what one is. Well, my good friend Scott, Scott Trade, will tell you all about it. Please do. Enhance. I mean, I couldn't tell you. You got nothing. <laughs> I that, am down. That's what Scott's for. I am down to zero dollars to my name. Can he help me? Jeez. Now you got to roll in. Over sharing a little bit now. Well, I'm the most underpaid person in the business. <laughs> wow. I, I literally oh, make no. like they, they pay me like a pap- they pay, pay me like a paper boy here. Mark. Well, you got to roll into Scott Trade. I'd imagine with some capital. You can't just say I've got no money. Wes, me money. Would this count as a desperate bid for you to get poached from this company right now? This making this announcement on the podcast. Well, the company they know. 
They know where I'm at. Um, this, yes, is the first post-Super Bowl edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We are back in Culver City, beautiful Southern California in the, in the, uh, in the midst of a, a little bit of a heat. heat uh, it's so stretch. warm outside. It's a little weird, a little uncomfortable to me. Get it back down into the low 70s. Uh, you know, that would make the old Zeuser happy. But, you know, am I really going to complain? When people – we saw our old producer, K. Apparently. Rich. Uh, K. Rich walking around NFL media today. Our old producer, of course, Crystal Rich. And uh, she was saying how she's wor- living in Delaware and she's driving to work an hour and a half. And she has to dig her car out of two feet of snow. That's horrendous. The former princess. Life's too short for that. First lady of the Around the NFL podcast, Kayrich, <laughs> digging her car out of two feet of snow. Can't so, have it. I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, but today's show will be a good one. Let's. We're going to move, start moving away, of course, from the 2015 season and uh, the Super Bowl. But we have a little more to talk about uh, after we did our hour-long show from KNBR. Uh, some stuff to still touch on. So we will do uh, a segment called Winners and Losers of Super Bowl 50. Uh, breaking down uh, some people that came out of that game looking good and some people and things and um, that came came out of the game with a little you know, egg on their face. Things. Things. <clears throat> okay. All right. And uh, what else will we do? We're going to do a little bit of uh, news, of course. Uh, and uh, we'll be back again uh, Thursday. So two shows, back-to-back shows. Wow. Uh, Lin- Why not? It's Lindsay the Rhodes will be in Thursday. So we got Colleen Wednesday and Lindsay Thursday. This is a big week. Which reminds me, of course, Colleen, of our great fun at the Jake Laser party during Super Bowl week when the night ended with the old Zeus are sharing a back seat with Colleen and Lindsay after a crazy night at the Glazer party. What a fun night that was. You that were was, great plus one. That was so much fun. That I actually I emailed you last night because I was going through my emails finally. <laughs> and there was an email to myself at like 1.48 in the morning. And it just said, Danzas with wolves. Oh, I, <laughs> and I have <laughs> no idea where it came from. And I and I asked him, I was like, do you have any idea what this is about? I don't know if it was something that we came up with together. If somebody tweeted it to me, I have no idea. So, he has no idea. So it's D-A-N-Z-U-S with, with wolves. wolves and with E in there. Yes. Like, well, how do you it's spell pretty wolf great. without any? Like it if works. We, if we got um, like S canned by NFL media and had to like go off on our own. Yeah. That would be a great like podcast. I think it's awesome. A lot right. of chatter early in the show about disbanding the entire production and vanishing from I, NFL media this, by everyone so far. Yeah, I'm not complaining Concerning. at all. But I, uh, but that's just such a good name that it's something to think about. I mean, Greg yeah. Ardio has his own satellite podcast, and we're going to find I'll tell you what. I got a feeling he might be doing that. I think he's coming in for the other podcast. Well, I don't, I don't want to believe that that's a reality. What would your action be if, if you found this out? If it was confirmed. I'll tell you what it would be. I would declare vengeance. <laughs> Brandon. Oh, Brandon. This is amazing. Brandon, who's wearing a collared shirt today that someone in his office already said looked like the grandmother's couch, <laughs> doesn't have a vengeance drop ready. Before we get to the news, let's um, uh, let's uh, let me just want to throw one more thing by us. We're out of the Super Bowl. Uh, and a lot of people think, oh, now it's time to take it easy, uh, relax, uh, you know. I, I am one of those people. Yeah, it's like now <laughs> now it's the the season of rest. Uh, but you know what? I think it's important that both the, our, listener, our listeners and just NFL fans 
in general, uh, realize that just because, and Mark, you know this better than anyone, just because the Super Bowl and the NFL playoffs are over does not mean that it's time to, like, just go into the Cadillac trot, if no. you will. The le- I- yeah, I mean, the league has somehow strung together 47 events between now and June for us to Well, ban. to that, I, this is kind of a, a public service announcement that I put together. Welcome to the NFL Combine, free agency, draft, nightclub Keep grinding, Sessler. <laughs> Is Daddy ever coming back? <laughs> Honestly, it's a fair question. Can I be candid? Wow. You, I mean, you've already been very candid earlier in the show. So Our off-season podcasts are better than our in-season podcasts. Ooh. Interesting. I, I would agree in the sense that we have to try harder to fill out the show and it create, you know, you fill it up. It's not just They're more game, fun. game, game, game. Yeah, it's I'm getting us. ready to put together a binder. For the oh, combine. I want to party with Binder you, cowboy. Season. I Colleen, like that, Dan. Good job. The last millennial uh, <laughs> using paper products. So I don't know, using your name and likeness in this campaign, Mark, I didn't clear it with you first, but you're okay with it? Well, I mean, like with many things around here, zero power to what's being done with all our names yeah. and likenesses. So as long as it makes more money for the league, yeah. I'm happy. I couldn't be happier with the <laughs> arrangement. It's about the shield first and foremost. Let's do some news. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> I think your shirt's fine, Brandon. I think you're peacocking a little bit, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Peacocking? Yeah, peacocking. I, I don't like that. <laughs> Why? That's. I like it. It's sort of like paisley a little bit, right? I, I, it's well, we should that... describe. If you're first of all, we're on YouTube. You can yeah, watch you it on can YouTube. actually see it. Uh, but if if you were describing it to the home audience, Colleen, uh, why don't you give it a give it a shot? It's like colorful doilies. I would doilies. Say. <laughs> doilies. That's worse than like tally our a wonderful director saying it's his grandma's couch. Now it's made out of the curtains on Uncle Rico's van. Oh, that's oh. worse. It's another clue, by the way, that the Rosenthal Jeselnik show is happening because he's the he produces that show, and I think that he thinks he's got to get his whole game yeah. up because Jeselnik's very critical. He'll cut you down quickly, so you got to show up in something flashy. That's true. Yeah. All right, let's start and do a little news about Cam Newton. Of course, that was uh, the big story outside of, of course, the Broncos winning the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning. Hopefully, Peyton, not wrong. You know, step away. He won the ring and everything. Uh, Everybody talking about that. But Cam Newton's uh, post-game press conference got a a lot of heat. uh, You know, famously now. He had the, the hood pulled up, a lot of one-word answers. He left after two and a half minutes, and um, that led to the obvious and predictable criticisms. Uh, you know, a lot of it warranted, but not something, as we talked about on Sunday, that you should, you know, get too crazy about. On Monday, uh, Newton uh, spoke to the press from his locker, uh, or Tuesday, excuse me, from his locker uh, back in Charlotte. Uh, this is what he had to say first about the idea of, um, how he should be comporting himself after a crushing loss of like what happened at Super Bowl 50. I mean, I've, I've been on record to say I'm a sore loser. Who likes to lose? You show me a good loser and I'm going to show you a loser. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to, 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 to it's not a popularity contest. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm here to win football games. Uh, your thoughts on that, Wes? I've been a sore loser before many times. I'm a, I am guilty of being a hyper-competitive person. It's a character flaw doesn't make you a horrible person, though. I think if all this talk about who in the NFL is the LeBron James of football, if Cam wants to be the LeBron James of football, he has to handle these situations better. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think, A, it brings all the hot takers out 
and there's a little bit of annoyance because there is another aspect. When I found out that he could hear Chris Harris and that we were in that yeah. room, the setup was dodgy. I mean, you could hear stuff from everywhere. You're hearing your opponent shred you while you're trying to ask these, answer these ridiculous questions. I understand where the frustration comes from, but bottom line, he's, if you don't yeah. want to take all this heat, you've got to handle a different way. Does he learn from it? I don't know. I mean, I ha- I didn't see a lot of like headlines about Chris Harris shredding anyone. I think he was probably gloating a little bit after the win. And, and I, I mean, Cam's just got to be a little mentally tougher than what he showed. And, and it seems like he, he gets that. But at the same time, one of Colleen, his big things, and he's been saying this for years. And you got to, you know, you got to uh, respect him and take him at his word is that I'm not going to conform to how you want me to be. But just I guess the one thing that maybe the only thing that bothers me a little bit is the idea of, the way him acting that way is that means like somehow he hates losing more than someone that goes up in the podium and answers questions respectfully for 10 minutes instead of two and a half. It doesn't make him a, a more competitive person. It just kind of makes him a guy that doesn't handle situations well at this point. Well, I think he's an emotional guy. So all year long, all we've heard about is him just yucking it up and like being a ham in front of the camera. And he's been having a good time and all of his emotions have been that way they've been positive they've been I mean however you look at it they he's been acting that way and he hasn't been conforming but we can't be mad at him for when he's upset about losing going the other way and being that emotional about it I think that I'm an emotional person when I'm angry I show it and I oh think my God, that there's right. <laughs> but there's no way to hide it if that's the type of person that you are that's part right. of it though is that it's your professional responsibility it's not just about hey show us what mood you're in I mean these guys have they have to go up there and answer the questions. And I think that's what where some people get the, rubbed the wrong way. And here's the more interesting thing that came out of uh, Cam's meeting with the media, and I thought it was much more interesting as a debate. Uh, and this, I totally missed this, by the way, being at the game and, and not watching the telecast, uh, was on the play where Von Miller had his second strip sack. This was about just over four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. It was third and long. With the Panthers down six points, Miller gets in, uh, strips the ball away, and there's a moment where it appears Newton has a chance to really dive in there and gr- get the loose ball, uh, but he, he shies away from contact, doesn't get down on the ground. The ball squirts around, recovered by Denver. A few minutes later, they score what ended up being the clinching touchdown. He caught some heat, and Phil Sims for CBS didn't do him any favors by essentially calling out Cam for not getting on the ground after the ball, so people asked, about his effort on the play, this is what Cam had to say about that. We didn't lose that game because of that fumble, I can tell you that. So, you know, you can condemn and say, well, oh, man, he gave up, he did that in the third. But, hey, as long as my teammates know, as long as my coaches know, as long as anybody that's following this team knows, I mean, it's easy for a person to nitpick and say, oh, man, Cam this, oh, he gave up, he did that. That's cool, that's fine. I mean, I'm a grown man. I can understand that. So. He also said the reason why he didn't dive is that he felt that his leg would be contorted in a way where he could have suffered a potentially serious injury. So I'm of two minds on this, guys, because part of it is I'm not going to, as a non-professional athlete, which I'm not, I don't know if you guys know, know mm, that, news. Um, not to, for to to make some type of judgment about what he saw on the field. Like what, I think he has an innate ability, and he's been healthy almost his entire career, to know how to stay healthy, to have maybe a, another sense that most people don't about how a play's unfolding around him. Uh, but at the same time, if I'm a Panthers fan, it didn't – I mean, that was the game. And there did – to me, there was a lack of awareness to realize if I don't get on this ball and if somebody on my team doesn't get on this ball, 
our season's over. So I, I, I can kind of see it from both sides. You can see him sort of jump away from the ball in that situation. There were other thing, other people who said, well, yeah, he was thinking maybe there was a rebound opportunity there. If, the, if everybody jumped on it, then he could get the ball back. But the fact that he didn't dive down for it, I don't know. I, I can't get behind that. I, I think that when you're in the Super Bowl, you got to put your body on the line. Yeah, I mean, I think from, from the specific play, I hear that. I mean, overall, the idea that Cam Newton isn't someone that puts his body in the line of danger game after game. I mean, all of his players and coaches came out to say, we totally would not buy that. He absolutely right. sells out all the time. And I think that that's what his comment came from. It's more about in-house. If there was a question about that, that would be a problem. But – you're coming out of the Super Bowl. Where were we a year ago? Should they run? Should they pass Marshawn Lynch? There's going to be way too much furious breakdown. And I don't know. I- as, as is the case with his press conference behavior, nobody will speak about this after this weekend. It will be a non-issue. Going into week one of next year, this is not going to be a talking point. Panthers fans will remember it, though. I'm, I guarantee will, yeah. there's a lot of Panthers fans that will, if they even if they do get back and win this game, there will be some people like, why didn't Cam get after that ball? I, 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 I think there's part of me that also thinks, did Denver kind of you know break his will a little bit in that game, and it, he lost a little bit of that edge at the end of the game? Uh, I think it, the the for four hours things went against him after an unprecedented in his career uh, period of success. I don't know. It, I found it to be fascinating watching that. I was like, whoa, because I missed it totally for two days, and when I saw the replay, it struck me as. Interesting. When the Broncos lost to the Seahawks, a ton of Seattle players said, yes, we broke the Broncos early and we could tell out in the field. There were whispers of that from Denver's players, too, that that happened. And this is a Carolina team that had not had to play from behind over and over and, and, you know, come against such a physical defense. So you might be right, Dan. Uh, Moving on, Marshawn Lynch, of course, uh, in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, tweeted out an image of uh, uh, cleats hanging uh, from darkness. I don't know what it was. Hanging from a telephone wire as they do in some neighborhoods I used to deliver mail in. <laughs> okay. I remember you. that growing up too. And and that was, of course, a clear illusion that he was ending uh, his career, um, which we had heard rumors of for a couple of weeks. And uh, this was done in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, which is a weird move. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on Sunday show, so why don't we get into it a little bit. Marshawn Lynch, and I'll start right here, Colleen. Hall of Famer? I don't know. I think that when you look at his numbers, and I guess especially in the postseason, if TD isn't in the Hall of Fame, I mean, TD's numbers are right ahead of him. How can you put Marshawn Lynch in there? I think he's right on the cusp, and I think that if he does get in, it won't be right away. But I'm not sure for me if he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I agree. I think he needed one or two more great seasons and another great playoff run or two. Uh, I, I, he's going to be interesting. Backs of this era, Adrian Peterson's a lock. Where do you put Marshawn Lynch versus a guy like Frank Gore? I know Greg would vote for Frank Gore. How much does postseason success matter? And I agree with Colleen. I would put Terrell Davis in before Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. He was a defining player of his generation. And, you you know, one of the craziest play calls in NFL history, if they give him the ball against the Patriots last year and he goes in for a touchdown – uh, not that play itself, but just the fact that he would then have back-to-back Super Bowl titles on his resume like Terrell Davis does, uh, in addition to the big numbers. Um, I think he's uh, right on the borderline, uh, but you know, I think that maybe – I think he's maybe a, a better player than Terrell Davis because uh, from the historical perspective, because he, he was better for a longer period of time, 
Uh, what about a guy like he Eddie? He's like a flash in the pan. He's like way. a guy like Eddie George, who's not going to yeah. go in the Hall of Fame. To me, very similar player. I mean, not as dominant. What Eddie about George Fred Taylor? Corey, Corey Dillon, to me, a better running back than Marshawn Lynch. Interesting. And Corey Dillon will not be in the Hall if of Fame. If TD hadn't gotten hurt, I, I wonder if we'd be speaking about his career a little bit differently, too. I'm sure we would. Yeah. yeah. And now what does this mean for the Seahawks, who appeared to have found a replacement uh, last season, of course, and do you think they will take a step back without Marshall Lynch, or were they already preparing for life after Beast Mode? Well, Thomas Rawls outplayed him severely this year, and we saw this season Russell Wilson played much better when Marshawn Lynch wasn't on the field. His passer rating was 30 points high, higher. This offense is now a passing, more of a passing offense with Russell Wilson. I think, I think that Lynch was going to be weeded out regardless. You also have Kristen Michael, who showed some stuff finally at the end of the Did year. You get it in. I had to. In? I had to squeeze that little factoid. And Pete Carroll said guy. he wanted him to come back. Wants him to come back. I mean, there's. It's not a terrible draft if you're looking. He's going to come back, back with high. no knowledge of the playbook. We just need to know that about. Chris well, Michael. Thomas Rawls is the man. Absolutely. It's not going to be Kristen Michael. It's going to be Thomas. Like Rawls. it clean. I think it's actually it cleans up Seattle's off season to not have to deal with questions about Marshawn Lynch from now until the end of forever. You've got Rawls. If he comes back and he's fully healthy, it's it's a neater scenario for them. I like it. All right, moving on to more Johnny Manziel drama. Uh, Mike Silver, of course, NFL media columnist, was on the air on Friday from San Francisco, and he relayed a, <clears throat> some conversations that he had had with uh, Browns players, and then he uh, uh, reported this again on Tuesday, citing multiple sources that Johnny Manziel showed up to the Browns facility late and noticeably drunk on the Wednesday prior to Cleveland's Week 17 game against the Steelers. Mark, remind me, they pl- who they play in week 16? Kansas City, I believe. He took a beating, I remember. Seattle, wasn't it? I, no, it was Kansas City, I believe. I will Whatever confirm that was. while you continue on speaking. He did. That? Okay, good. Uh, he took a beating in that game. He ended up not playing in week 17. Uh, later in that week, of course, he didn't show up for the mandatory uh, check-in for concussion protocol. protocol. So now we know, or at least now it's reported, that uh, Manziel was showing up drunk, so it's just the latest thing that and how far out this guy is and how desperate uh, he needs help. Bobby Lane, one of the best quarterbacks of the '50s, routinely showed up drunk for, for games. Kenny Stabler, who just got in, who will get inducted in the Hall of Fame. Oilers teammates have accused him of showing up drunk for playoff games and costing them wins. Wow. Just goes to show how much football and sports have changed over the past four or five decades. Well, all right, and it's one thing if he's showing up drunk and he's a 16-game starter who's lighting up the league. I mean, it's been one thing after another with him, and this isn't the 1950s, and so you've got no, to have I, the I com- agree. Right, you've got to have the complete buy-in of your locker room. And usually, a lot of times when, when it's been people talking, it's been guys on offense who have wanted to tell the truth about Manziel. Because if your quarterback is sort of a fly-by-night character, then your team is doomed. Uh, bottom line. And so I think Cleveland, obviously, we know they're going to get rid of him. And it's just a matter of, will he ever play again at this point? I mean, he clearly has a problem. And I feel like his whole life, he's been sort of given everything. He, he's been given everything, and he's had an easy way out. And... This is obviously an issue because he's not winning games and he's not playing well, and now he's showing up drunk. I mean, anybody else in any other profession, any one of us, would be fired on the spot if we showed up drunk to work. And and that's essentially what's about to happen to Johnny Manziel. Right. And I think this is part of the reason why that's happening. But it's just a total train wreck with him. And, and also, I don't know if he'll have an, like I don't know if he'll have another chance. And I and I guess he should. I mean, Von Miller I don't talked think about it's it. Like, 
I don't even know if it's something we shouldn't even really talk about it right now because no. literally yeah. his dad is coming out in the media and saying that he has concerns that he'll live for his 24th birthday. So it's like these problems are so serious and, and, and life-threatening at this point that football, it's kind of it's in the deep distance. Yeah, when your agent drops you, it's an indication that your agent has – a month ago, everyone's like, oh, you know what? Forget, Cleveland will just hand Johnny Manziel to another team and he'll become some successful Brett Favre part two. But the agent knows – the temperature of the league, and there is no there is no need for Johnny Manziel right now. I was trying to offer some historical perspective, but by no means am I downplaying what Johnny Manziel has gone through. No, we don't think he's sure done to so himself and to, to other people. We don't even I more read into that as Wes, you you celebrating that that aspect of <laughs> no, NFL's I, past. Trying to give a little history, but yes, he clearly has issues that he needs to solve. Uh, moving on, a little quick uh, contract talk uh, regarding the two Super Bowl teams. Von Miller, fresh off uh, one of the more dominating defensive performances in Super Bowl history, is going to be or scheduled to be a free agent uh, in March. Obviously, I'm going to put it at literally 0% that he's going to reach uh, the open market. It just comes down to whether Denver puts the franchise tag on him or gets a long-term deal done. Uh, John Elway, the team's GM, spoke confidently about the uh, possibility of getting a deal done. He said the goal is always to get a long-term deal. And then Vaughn was on the Ellen Show. That's, you know, the Ellen Show, whenever you need to break NFL news, whenever you want to find out the pulse. You go straight to Ellen. Where National else Football would you go? League. Didn't Brandon Marshall Ellen. break some news on the Ellen Show? Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, he had, uh, Vaughn had this to say to, again, Ellen. I want to stay Ellen DeGeneres, former uh, actress now affable TV host. I think we know. Uh, came out of the closet, a famous a gay pioneer. Dan, this is the longest intro <laughs> the cover oh God. of all time. The cover what of did Todd Miller say? The cover of Time Magazine. Yep, I'm gay. In 1997. Uh, here's the quote from Von Miller. I want to stay with the Broncos for 15 to 20 years. Doesn't make sense. But money talks, right? Yeah, it does. And the other news, uh, Dave Gettleman, the Panthers general manager, uh, mum on the team's plans to tag Josh Norman, the cornerback. Of course, uh, Norman looking to get paid after his breakout season. And Gettleman keeping it close to the vest about the franchise tag. We've got to look at it. I've used it before. I'm not shy. I'm not afraid of it. We're going to do what we think after we evaluate anything. everything. Wes, is there any chance the Panthers would uh, decide that a, a franchise tag or a long-term deal wasn't in their best interest with Josh Norman? I don't think he'll hit the market. I am doing some free agent work this week with Greg out of the office. We'll have our top 101 free agents by the end of the month. And Von Miller's number one on our list. Josh Norman will be in the top three. So these two guys will both be getting paid at least at the franchise level. Wes, good of you to pick up the slack while Greg sips wine up <laughs> upstate. <laughs> or does the podcast. Guys, Greg checked in via slack today. He's doing some boss type stuff. Guys, I, I'm concerned about this. That's it. Saying, yeah, I'm not saying that I know for a I fact. I wouldn't talk about it here. I think we should. I think we should. Like he wouldn't do that to us, would he? No, I, you you raise a good point. Am I talking too much? I long? feel like we've built something here for it to be thrown away for like a buddy buddy podcast. He might be listening. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Finally, some uh, some sad news to report. Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank announced Tuesday he has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. He's diagnosed. In December, a treatable form of cancer, said the longtime owner. He's purchased, he purchased the Falcons in 2002, 73 years old, co-founder of uh, Home Depot, uh, the uh, giant retail hardware store. 
so during the Falcons' ownership, they've won the NFC South three times, made six playoff appearances. So Arthur Blank, get healthy. One of the most respected owners league-wide, so absolutely. Sharp, good dresser. Get well soon, Mr. Blank. And that's what's happening. Good news, guys. Really uh, sharp stuff, in, uh, incisive. Colleen, sitting to my right, it just felt right. It's great. Yeah, no, I like this much better. Um, let's now move on to a little winners and losers of Super Bowl 50 talk. Uh, before we com- this, is, this is kind of how we'll close the door on the 2015 season with this conversation. So uh, let's go with kind of you know a rollicking convo between the four of us, throwing out winners and losers. Uh, you know, make sure you make it clear before you say uh, whether it's a winner or loser. You don't want to confuse the audience and the sure. people inside the studio. I'll get it going. I'll start with a winner, and I'm going to say Demarcus Ware is a big time winner. Uh, so this is your example, Mark. Okay, thank you. Uh, a guy who played <laughs> in the league uh, for 11 years, got his ring, and I think that ring put Demarcus Ware in the Hall of Fame. He's sitting at 11th in NFL history in sacks. Uh, he's one more kind of DeMarcus Ware-like season. He'll be in the top five, and now he's got the ring to top it off. So sometimes with those pass rushers, just having the sacks isn't enough, but you give him a ring as well. DeMarcus Ware, big winner, baby. Yeah, and he said how – I wasn't calling you baby, Colleen, even though I was – I mean, it's fine. It got a little uncomfortable yeah. on the right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he said it was a little bittersweet, the win, just because he didn't get to celebrate it with any of his Cowboys teammates. He would have loved to have Jason Witten there or Tony Romo – or any of those guys to celebrate it with, which I think is interesting. I just watched that 30 for 30, mm. um, the four falls of Buffalo. Yeah. And when I was watching that, it had it had a little bit of, of that to it. And I, I can't imagine being a veteran player and playing with a team for so long and trying to get there and then switching to another team and winning it, how, how you can't have those feelings. Kind of like a Rosenthal parallel to what's happened with us in his rival show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Who else got one? I've got well I think the Super Bowl is only about half about football and it's half about all the other stuff and one of the winners that got buried when we you know naturally we went and unpacked the halftime show but how about Lady Gaga with the national anthem crushed the planes it. flying over I mean you know Whitney Houston probably will always Wait you're giving her credit for the plane she had nothing to do with that I think she did she probably <laughs> signed off on that said I need some air equipment some stuff to fly overhead <laughs> Listen Oh, she had one assignment, and she absolutely nailed it. And I think Whitney Houston is the one I'll never forget because of the circumstances of what was happening to the world at that time and how she just blew it out of the park. When a lot of times these things pre-Whitney Houston were kind of mailed in, she set the standard. But Gaga, her hair's crazy if you're watching on YouTube. It was a great eye shadow. Fantastic, amazing. I, I might have to go back and listen to it because when I heard it, we were at the game. It was a goosebumps moment. I thought it was right there as good as Whitney Houston. And she, we don't typically care about this stuff. No. So. But it was Not fantastic. The kissing cousins, yeah. yeah. We don't really care. It was I, a nice classic version too. It didn't. She didn't go overboard. No. And or well, she, she's, she's, she's fun a with classically it trained musician. Yeah, she is. I think that's the one thing a lot of people. And if you're watching on YouTube, you've seen those jets that Gaga oh, that personally was so, demanded. I, I get chills watching. Uh, she demanded to Mark them. Sessler, NFL media she's insider. She's a sorceress. But she's a great, great freaking singer. Too. Yes, and I is. think a lot of people just think she's like fluffy pop chick, but that's not the case. Who else has got one? How about a loser? Somebody talking about a loser. How about- Wait, I got one more winner. Oh, go ahead, Russ. Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not usually one to defend him, but when's the last time? I like this. You know the statement, you can't defeat Father Time? Peyton Manning just did. When is the last time you saw anybody in any sport win something while they were washed up? 
It and it was true. abundantly clear all season, and even more so in this game, that he is washed up. He can't play another season. He knows that. I wish he would have thrown a touchdown. It would have been not a, to take yeah. anything away. At least from he got the two point conversion. That really he beat Father Time, and it adds to his legacy. I think it. I'm with you. I think it kind of was almost like a final destination moment, where somehow he was able to put off death or trick death, and it, he hung around just long enough to get the ring. It's amazing because on NFL Network, we were even talking about it in the newsroom this morning that they're playing a bunch of the Broncos' big games from 2015. It's not an easy watch because Peyton Manning's been bad pretty oh, much. It's I had to turn off my TV because with all, it's like all watching but, bad football over I, and over with, again. With the exception of maybe two games, two to three games all year, he was not good this season. And yet, in all the seasons where he went out empty-handed, it took him like six years to even win a playoff game. He wins a, a Super Bowl this year. Very ironic. We're going to come back to Winners West, so I didn't want you to have to think like you don't have a chance Let's to do get back loser. in. But how about a loser? Let's go with his brother, Eli Manning. Oh, too what? soon. I know, I know, I know. But listen, now, I mean, Eli always had the two rings. He could hold the two rings over Peyton's head. Now they both have two rings, and I feel like if you're sitting at that Thanksgiving table – I don't know. I, I don't know about Eli. I think that all the attention goes right to Manning or to Peyton all the time, and Eli's just the little brother. Wow. I guess you're putting stock into the uh, CBS. Uh, I'm I'm putting a lot of stock shot. into that. I don't know what did we he find was, out what that was about? Yeah, we and did actually. It, yeah. I wrote about it. Thanks for reading our website. Um, um no, but he I think, said actually, I did read that piece in a pure, a total Eli Manning brother type thing. He said that as soon as C.J. Anderson scored the touchdown. In his mind, and you can watch on YouTube right now, he's trying to figure out whether they should go for two, which is a very is it incredible? I kind of I, I, I totally believe that. I buy it because huh. that's what is that's the, he's going to think the way every conversation he has with Peyton Manning. Do we really think that he's not happy for his brother? That's insane. No. I can't believe anybody would. He's got to be. Happy. I'll throw out another loser, Ted Ginn Jr. Ooh. The, one thing about the Super Bowl, it will for and the playoffs in general, but the Super Bowl takes things. All the way up uh, another notch is it will cement uh, your legacy, how people perceive you, whether it's as a warrior or someone that's soft. Ted Ginn Jr., to me, I mean, everyone's going to think of Ginn as this guy that made a lot of plays with Cam Newton after years of kind of floundering in the league. But in the Super Bowl, the guy's stepping out of bounds every chance he gets. That play. Fearing contact. That's uh, who Ted Ginn's been his whole career. And, you know, and one of the more underrated Plays of the Super Bowl when the Panthers were marching in a, in a one-score game. Uh, he lets a pass go through his fingers over the middle, so maybe showing a little fear of going over the middle. Uh, there's one play in particular that I remember watching from our press box where it seemed like if he cut back inside on a long reception, he made it, maybe went to could have gone to the house. Instead, he steps out of bounds. So I thought Ted Ginn, not a loser as a person, uh, but uh, within the prison of Super Bowl 50. Circumstances. <laughs> yeah. What else we got? The I got big, it. You got one? Go. The biggest loser, I think, is the legacy of the 2015 Panthers. Saucy. Which – a team which was considered, if they had won the Super Bowl, maybe in the top five teams of all time, and that will not be the case. You can't even put them with the 2007 Patriots, who went undefeated during the regular season. So I think they're, they had a chance for something, and it won't go down like that. I think you're absolutely right. And part of me is like, well, maybe this the idea of like legacy is kind of silly because they had one bad day. And now they, they don't even get in that conversation where they would have been top five if they if the Broncos played poorly, for they instance. But nerds would have broken but it that's down sports. and said they never really played anybody until the playoffs anyway. Right. That's sports, yeah. though. And I, I really think if they would have – I think they would have had to – What? <laughs> nerds will do that. 
Wes just goes off on nerds. <laughs> well, they're not here for me to administer a wedgie, so you have to give them a verbal wedgie. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like all year we talked about, well, at least at the beginning of the year with the Panthers when Kelvin Benjamin went down, how the heck they were going to have any type of offense. And now we're, we're turning Ted Ginn into a very soft character and talking about the ways that he didn't finish plays and he just ran out of bounds. So – I don't know. Maybe you do look at the whole season and say, I can't believe they actually got to where they were with the role players that they had. They, That's should, be fair. Ce- they should be celebrated for that. I'll throw out a loser. And if we're going to talk about Gaga, throw out Beyonce. Why? Mm, wow. And there are people, I think there's even like a protest outside the New York office. And I don't know what that's about. It's I'm already sure, seems legit. I'm sure it's rooted in racism or something like that. Something bogus. I just didn't like that she played her new single. What? I'm just that's all I'm saying. It's like you are on the Super Bowl stage, Beyonce. You've kind of come uh, 180 from Sunday night on this. No, no, that's how I felt on Sunday. You, I'm well, actually you repeat, said that I'm Greg, repeating myself. You said that Greg made a good point that it was a badass move because she has enough power to do it. Yes, but it, I didn't mean I agreed with it. I just said I get that point and it does show how much power she has, but you know, give me, you know, give me crazy in love. Yeah, I think Give me single ladies. Give me something Beyonce. Do not do not abuse your incredible Totally bandwidth. agree with you. I think she made a mistake, though, in dropping that song, what, the day before? She should have dropped it, like, maybe two weeks before. Okay. And then if she played and it, then, then it's at a least, hit. Yeah, well, at least fine. people would have, like, that That would have resonated a little bit more, I think. This is the biggest stage in the world. What are you saving your good stuff for? A yeah. concert in Grand Rapids, Iowa I, later this year? Come on. I don't think she's a loser for it. I, I mean, still, you look at Coldplay. Why don't you put Coldplay on the list? Because I don't think Coldplay was terrible. I think Coldplay was Coldplay. You think Coldplay was better than Beyonce? Uh, no. Well, hold on. I, Coldplay is what they are, and they did exactly what I thought they do. I think with Beyonce, you're expecting a certain thing, and you're saying you got something that you're not excited like, about. People were afterwards like, oh, Bay, she did it again. But in this case, people were, were just kind of convincing themselves of that, it felt. I, Anything I, else? I, your analysis is very on point for this. Thank you, Kristen. I've got a loser. <laughs> All right. it, it pains me to – I'm not calling – You kind of said that like Donald Trump, by the way. I did? I got a loser. <laughs> I don't know about the accent, but okay. – I, I mean, I, I'm not calling this person a loser because he's a co-worker who works very hard. Uh, David Ely, our editor downstairs, one of the biggest Panthers fans I've ever met, one of the only oh, Panthers fans yeah. I've ever met, a, a made a very, what I consider to be a massive miscalculation. We have a morning editor that had to come in at like f- four in the morning and then stay through basically the start of the game. He opted to be in the office for his own reasons during the entire game and the hideous aftermath. Wow. Brought with him a bottle of champagne. Oh, Oh, no. no. Which we've got to somehow insert that photo into this. Was that like a – was his choice – well, actually, no, you know they have his picture. You know, he, I just saw that. He works down – he's working right now in the newsroom. He is. Uh, Brandon, uh, I know – listen. Can we call him? Uh, the vengeance drop didn't work out. Listen, we're all upset, a little disappointed about it. But I think – can we get Ely on the phone? And I have a, I have a couple questions for him. I'll see what I can do here. Here we okay. go. You guys should be able to talk to him here. Okay. That's people, it's like – we're sorry. He doesn't want to talk to you. Well, disconnected number. I feel I feel terrible uh, for Dave Ely. You you sound like you do. But I do. Smile. My question I do. My question is like, you got to work the early shift. Was it a glory boy move to be there because he wanted to be there for the game? You know what I mean? I think the champagne tells us it was a glory boy move. <laughs> I wonder what he did with the champagne if he like actually just like left with it. I have a feeling. I know. The other thing that hurts is that we did tell him he would appear on this podcast if they won the Super Bowl. He had a, he had a stage. 
and he's our friend, and like it's not we're not into seeing our friends suffer most of the time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who's got any other winners and losers before we move on? Wes, it from sounds one, like you got one. From one Ely to another, Coney Ely is a big winner. Ooh. They feel better, Dave. Like Panthers defensive end has one of the best games in Super Bowl history from a defensive player. If they gave away MVPs to the losing team, he would have gotten it. And I think it shows that he only played 23 snaps and had three sacks, forced fumble, interception. He's going to be playing a lot more snaps in 2016 and could be one of their best defensive can, players. I mean, can we get after the Panthers for, you know, botching this a little bit? Once he started making plays early in the game, should he, should he have had a bigger role? Maybe he could have maybe saved if, the game with a big play. Maybe if he was playing every snap, he wouldn't have had the energy to make all these big plays. Mm, that's fair, that's too, Wes. Fair point. <laughs> fair point. All right, one more loser. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. I want to end negative. And while we – I thought I like the environment at Levi's Stadium was amazing. Because it got knocked last year for being a little too quiet. Well, the 49ers stunk, so there's a reason for that. Sure. But it was electric. But the field, and especially some of the vines that were coming out uh, today, where they show Michael Orr just getting pushed back like his feet are on ice. Absurd. And, I mean, after the game, Aqib Tlaib ripped the field and basically said – he didn't, couldn't even name what team played in San Francisco, but he was like, whatever team plays. Which, by the way, know, is a bad job. Well, I'm not seeing any. He's not the Jacksonville he, he, Jaguars. He had other things on his mind, but if he's basically <laughs> saying whoever has to play at this field eight games a year, it is they need to fix the surface. And we saw that happen with the Texans earlier in the year. you got to get this thing fixed. Yeah, didn't someone earlier this year, like it was like a sinkhole in the field. It, it was, was Justin in. Tucker, the yeah, Ravens yeah, yeah. kicker. Uh, it did remind me watching, and I think if you are an NFL fan, you saw uh, the gif. Or the GIF, I don't know what you... I don't know. And Ellen, she it. came out, and it was a major moment in Hollywood, uh, a celebrity coming out of the closet. I, I mean, it was a big thing. We've, but, we've gone back to this. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Um, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking GIF about? GIF versus GIF. Before that. Pitchy skid. Oh, pitchy skid. If you, yeah, if you saw this, if you saw this, you, it did remind me of uh, like old Madden 94 and Sega Genesis, like the graphic glitch where somebody just starts sliding as opposed to like backing up. So I don't know. Maybe it's time for some field turf. Maybe I, I San Francisco. So. Address this. No, it's it smelled great after the game. We went down there and it was, it smelled like earth. I liked it. That was a little bit of a humble brag. Was it? No, we yeah, were on the it was. Field. We were on the field of Super Bowl 50. Well, I, I was saying I that we personally less. smelled the field. We couldn't do it from the press box. We had to be on the field. To That's smell. true. Uh, all right. Good winners and losers seg, guys. Really good stuff. Uh, finally, before we go, I do want to touch on because we said we were going to uh, the meetup at the, um, what was it called? The San Francisco. Tap house. Tap room. So yeah. Golden Gate. Golden Tap Gate. Room. Tap room. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we met up with a, a number of Around the NFL listeners. And, uh, Colleen, you were not in attendance. You were invited, but you kind of – a little no, no call, no show. No, we had this, like, NFL mandatory thing that we were supposed to go to. And I went to that. You guys were there. And then I texted you guys, nothing, radio silence. But so you then knew where I went we were. And met up with you after because you had already left. Oh, right. I don't remember a lot after. I will say this. <laughs> That everyone that we met, I mean, was they couldn't have been nicer. Uh, the, a lot of greyhounds were served uh, to me, uh, oh, which yeah. which led to some fogginess as the evening yes. went on. But I remember every conversation, and uh, everyone was very nice. So uh, it was a great success, I thought. I didn't buy a single drink all night, and Ooh. I had an absolute blast. Everyone was great to talk to. Uh, football only came up two or three times, and for me, that was great. I, didn't, I wasn't there to talk football. I was there to meet people and hear about their lives 
and it was it was a fantastic time. We stayed till the bitter end as, with yes, we did. a crew of about seven or eight. And I, you were right. There were if you, every time you turn around, someone's handing you a beer or a drink, and you know. Uh, my wife was there, and I think she was blown away by not just the people, but the people were cool. Like she was talking to them cool. for ages. I mean, they were. It was a good my group. kind of people. But that was a great meetup. Thank you, everyone, for coming. I'm sorry I missed it. <sighs> Next we gotta, time we have to do it again. It I, I mean, I, one. if it happens, maybe. <laughs> The offseason has been kicked off with a bang. We're going to be dealing with this for the next three months, if not four or five. We'll be back on Thursday, which is tomorrow. Another another big show because, again, like you heard in the PSA, uh, although the Super Bowl's over, there's a lot going on. Uh, so we will start looking ahead to free agency. We might have a surprise guest on Thursday, too. Ooh. We might. Hmm. That's very true. That's a nice little tease. Yeah, so good tease. Very professional. Colleen, uh, you've said it all, and you've done it again. Thank you. This was great, coming. and I hand it off to Lindsay Rhodes for tomorrow. Right. Uh, a scepter. Yes. That's what <laughs> I <laughs> Is it a crown? What, like, what do you, no, what do you imagine handing off? No, a what I gave off? Rosie for those, like, the secret Santa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Colleen steps out. Lindsay steps in. So, big show coming up Thursday. Make sure you tune back in. Until then. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, Connie Fox, Brandon Behind the Glass. Till Thursday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.